Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So the title of my message is uh, Mountain Climbing. started with one thing, but really it's like reclaiming your freedom. We're in Truth Bomb series right now, so we're going to drop some truth bombs. I was thinking to myself, uh, what, what triggered uh, Wednesday night for me? What triggered it was, I grew up going to church. I was the black sheep of my family. Uh, I'd go to church, I'd hang out with all these Christian kids and they'd all tell me the right thing. And I was just like, man, I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I can't even do church. But thank goodness for a praying mom. Praying moms, they matter. Dude, I went on. And I was just living two lives, you know? I'd just go to church on Sunday because I knew I could check in on Facebook and my mom would be like, oh, I'm so glad he went to church. <laughs> I got nothing out of it. And, uh, but I never seen power, I never saw anything radical. I just knew, you know, Christianese, wear the mask. Fast forward, God healed me, met me Pastor, I met Pastor Jurgen. I got restored, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, I started seeing radical healings. It's like God knew what I needed to get my mind out of the way. I needed radical stuff. I needed New Testament acts kind of stuff. If I was going to go all in, I just didn't want to do this maybe Christianity thing. And I, 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 I literally, I didn't trust pastors and I didn't like Christians. You said you're a Christian. I was like, I'm going to go sit over here. And now it's hilarious because I'm here pastoring a church. And the, what Wednesday night was, Casey Bombasi preached this message. The context was Mark 4, 35, 41. I'm going to read it because it was so impressive. Jesus was with his disciples and he's hanging out with them. He's like, hey, man, let's go. But let me read it. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, the disciples, hey, let's cross over to the other side. Pretty much we got a mission. Let's go. Now, when they had left the multitude, they were already doing something on mission. Uh, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Isn't that funny? The Bible puts in there, he was asleep on a pillow. For those of you who are wondering if you guys should have a good pillow, the answer is yes. <laughs> and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? It's amazing, that's where they went. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm, but... He said to them, what is your problem? <laughs> I feel like that's what he says to me all the time. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to the other, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I love that scripture because something unlocked on me on pretty much Wednesday night. And here I was, I got up and I closed out the service and then I was ticked because I was, I'm dealing with a lot of pastoral stuff, you know, like meeting with people, praying for them, expecting victory. And Casey did this altar call saying, hey, if you have fear, anxiety, stress, I just want you to come down, let's pray that God gives you peace. Yet I was looking up, so I'm up there and I'm trying, you know, the devil's in my ear, you suck, don't do an altar call, no one's gonna get saved, no one wants to listen to you, blah, blah. So I'm, I got the devil in this ear. And then I feel like over here, I'm going, Lord, why are you highlighting people? And he's like, I'm highlighting. I look over here. There's the couple. I'm helping walk through with one of their kids. I'm looking at this couple. 
marriages on the rocks. I got this guy over here on my worship team going on. I got this guy on my worship team over here freaked out about business. I mean, I'm going, everyone's coming down to the altar except everyone I'm meeting with. Oh my gosh, I'm the pastor of a fake church. Oh, I, and so now this is what happens is I start having my internal dialogue, but I realized I'm saying this out loud. Oh yeah, I'm a pastor in a fake church. Oh, I made an inner vow to Pastor Jurgen. Don't ever have me preach because I ain't preaching no fake church. We ain't playing Christianese, wearing the mask. The next thing you know, I'm just saying it out loud. I said, you know what? I'm so done with this. There's some people up here. We're walking through stuff. You're not down on the altar. What's it gonna take for you to get unstuck? So literally, I get down. I was like, oh man, throw, I'm getting out of here. My wife's trying to calm me down. You don't, you don't, you don't pastor fake church. <laughs> People are just, you know, walking through stuff. I'm like, babe, don't talk to me right now, okay? <sighs> Anyways, long story short, I went and talked to this one guy, and then uh, all of a sudden I hear Spotify go on, and I see my whole worship team on the altar. So I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then I look up, and I see that couple down on the altar. But it was amazing. God says, told me that night, if you didn't push and break the spirit of confusion off them, it wasn't them. They were stuck because the devil had a grip on them. Don't judge them, give them grace. You had to push to break a stronghold. And then I was like, well, how many of my other friends have strongholds? So then on Thursday, highlighting me. I was in my office on Thursday, selling the best crack in town. And uh, I was like, God was highlighting all these people that were stuck. I mean, by Thursday night on date night, looking at my wife, and my wife and I got her on our date night, and I'm, now I'm just full throttle. I'm like, babe, where are you stuck? <laughs> she goes, are you trying to ruin our date night? I'm like, no, I just need to work this out in my head. That's how this message came. It's because I realized there is an enemy that is trying to get my people stuck. As a shepherd, they have a rod and a staff. Do you know what they're used for? A staff is for protection so the sheep doesn't run off the cliff. The rod is for correction. Yeah. I mean, some people might overcorrect. It could be a rough rod, or some people just use it as a tapper. So whatever, I got both of them. I don't even know how we're gonna use them. But listen, we're gonna use them today because we didn't come to church to stay stuck. So I'm gonna expose some lies and give you some revelation teaching. Let's do some work and then let's, let's bust it to the next level so then we can get into our higher calling, into our destiny, our purpose, which is one, leaving a legacy because if you have children, there's a legacy attached to it. Some of you, it's about getting unstuck so you can start working out kingdom stuff or some of you, it's just to get some stuff off your glasses or your eyes, some cataracts so you could see clearly what you're supposed to be seeing. All of us are, are coming to a place where some of us might, we're like, oh, life's pretty good. Well, let's take inventory of it then. Or some of us just realize I gotta address some things that I've been ignoring for a while because the enemy's been running havoc in your life. So part of this is understanding your state, commanding your state, understanding your state. Listen, I, when I was training back in the day and I was like, I wanna go hike that mountain. It's called Cal's Mountain in San Diego. I walked up it, you know, my patients were all telling me about it. It was a beautiful view over the city. It took me an hour to do it. But I, I see this young little girl, just, I'm like, how long did she do it? And she goes, 45 minutes. Okay, that's my new goal. Whew. 
got 45 minutes. And then one day, man, this old, like, 70-year-old told me he did it in 35 minutes. I'm like, what? You could barely walk. <laughs> so I set a new goal. So I, I hit these goals, but I was putting myself through adversity. When I ran a San Diego half marathon, I was putting myself through the pain. I was like, oh, each desire that I had to accomplish these 10Ks or triathlons, all these little things. I know you can't tell now. I know. It's like, we're at a different level. So I'm just trying to raise three kids and stay married and make sure my wife loves me on date night when I say stupid things. But, you know, these, these adversities were all my choice. But what about the adversities that weren't my choice? You know, I remember my family when I was 12 filed bankruptcy. My dad's two partners hosed him and he got filed bankruptcy. I lost a good friend in high school. My high school sweetheart and I broke up. I thought I was gonna marry and it wasn't her issue, it was mine. What an idiot. You know, it's like, then I was gonna marry this young lady back when she was 21 and she died of renal cell carcinoma. Men over 50 that smoke. What was that about? Failed business, ministry steps, up and downs. You know, it's amazing. We can get stuck in anxiety, stuck in fear. All these things, I didn't put myself in them, but why, why were they happening? But this is not about getting stuck in life or getting set off course. How do we stay on course with leveling up our life with joy on our face? I could tell by posture, I know your state. I'm one of my famous lines, I don't know if people like it. Half the people get offended, half the people laugh. I'll walk by someone, they're like, Duh. I'll be like, oh, hey, excuse me, you dropped... You dropped your smile. They're like, (laughs) sometimes they say things that, oh, that's funny. And you hear that. Or sometimes they're saying words that are inappropriate for church. (laughs) What do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, figures. I know the state that they're in. We all walk in a state. I remember hearing this thing years ago. I heard this term, training for reigning. And not like rain. I know you guys had a rough summer. That might be PTSD, but I mean a rough winter, long winter. Is this still winter here? I mean, there's snow up on the mountains. It's unbelievable. The biggest blessing though, Lake Powell is almost full. I mean, that is, God bless Lake Powell. But training for raining, like how do we rain in this life? Well, we got to train for it. And I always said, huh, I want to, I want to hold on to that. But what is our state of mind? How do we know where our state of mind is right now? Your state of mind is going to determine your fruit. If we could throw this slide up real quick. State of mind. And I teach business stuff all the time, and they get it. It's amazing. I can teach this stuff at a business thing. They're like, oh, my gosh. You might come to church like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Listen, we're all in the business of the kingdom. We're doing the king's work. But what happens is our experiences in life from our past are defining our belief system. So your BS is keeping you stuck. That belief system you have is from your past experiences. So you gotta either stop living in your past experiences to change your beliefs, because if you don't, you're gonna start making decisions not based on the word of God. That's why he wants the word in you. So your decisions are from your beliefs, which are from your experiences. So you have to change your experiences. That's why I say people, they go, oh yeah, that awakened church, you just brainwash people. I was like, I know. I want to take your brain out from the world and I want to wash it. Because we've been polluted. It's like you listen to kids... 
They've been brainwashed in school. So we need a different brainwashing to help them because their experiences in school are creating these beliefs and we already know they're making poor decisions, taking in actions that are irreversible, that are ruining their life and creating results that we're trying to go in and help clean up. But if we can get down here and give them a different experience, I want you to see something. Your future, if you don't like where you're at now or you're trying to change your drop pin on where you wanna go in life, it's gonna start with some different experiences. God knew I needed a pastor that wasn't religious. He needed a pastor that walked in some authority and power. Man, I'll never forget. I mean, I was just coming to church and I, had, I got delivered. I felt my body, something break off me. I've watched men that with a porn addiction, it got broken off them. Anxiety got broken off. Fear can get breaking, broken off. All these things, we can change it by the experience that we have. I mean, this messes people up all the time, but people are going, why'd you get so bold and powerful? Because I used to be so nervous inviting one friend to church, and I'd be like this the whole time. Oh, gosh, don't talk about money. <laughs> now I bring people, I'm like, talk about money. Talk about it, talk about, you know what I mean? It's like, ah! Because I shifted my state of mind. I want everyone to be successful, and I know the Word of God is a blueprint that can help your life become more successful. It's amazing, because what is our state? We can think of a state as your internal climate, your emotional condition. What shapes this condition is your thoughts. There's a direct connection between your thoughts and your feelings. So any state that is disconnected from your dominant thoughts, a lot of people don't even know what their dominant thoughts are because they're so busy in life, just trying to grind and grind and grind. They wake up, they get a cup of coffee. We go, go, go. I can't even get them to breathe. Hey, bro, why don't you breathe? This feels so weird. I know, you're not stoned, you're breathing. <laughs> Rare is the person who com has like complete light on the deep matters of their own heart. See, that's why we need the word of God and his spirit and the honesty of other believers to see truth to the inward parts. That's why I tell people, get in a connect group. Get in your tribe and love them hard so that way if you start having wrong thinking, they could be like, bro, you're going to a dark place. That's my line with my wife. You know, saying like, babe, you're getting crazy. That didn't work. Now when I say, babe, you're, you're going to a dark place, she goes, am I? Yes. It's my safe word. Listen, I love it. This is the prophet Isaiah. He wrote this. You will keep him in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The prophet's trying to say, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep them fixed on God because if you're fixing them on the wrong things, you're gonna go to a dark place. What do we know? Your personal battle, whatever it is, involves thoughts and feelings that combine together to produce one or two states, either empowering or disempowering. Think about it. What kind of choices do you make when you're fearful, angry, resentful? You're making choices that pull you in deeper into darkness. What kind of choices do you make when you feel confident, resourceful, full of gratitude? You make choices that pull you deeper into your destiny. What's amazing is, I mean, just, and I'm not, not making light of it, but I can't tell you how many details. People could tell me everything, play by play, about the submarine that imploded. We're on day three, Dr. Matt. They're gonna run out of oxygen. There's six hours left of oxygen. What do you think? I said, I'm actually not even watching the news. If you actually could give me as much details about your marriage, you'd probably have an awesome one. 
you could give me as much details about being more successful in business, you probably would be. But you are giving me a play-by-play about something that I could be stirred out about fear. It was a news cycle. And it's amazing how in cycle people could get about news. I used to have people that could quote me, we've gotten seven more COVID deaths in the last 24 hours. I said, how do you know that? I've been watching the truth. <laughs> CNN. Okay. I'm actually going to be over here. I hope we're not friends anymore. You know, it's like, what kind of state are we living in? The kingdom of God is defined. Living a life of righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 14, 17. So look closely and you'll see that two thirds of the kingdom is an altered state of being. Peace and joy is a state of being. What kind of state are you in? If it's not joy or peace, then what is it? You will know you're in the kingdom of God if there's joy and peace. I have to tell you, perhaps more people are not attracted to the Christian message because the product we sell doesn't look like it's working for us. See, when we put in the effort to renew our mind with the word of God, we will start to make choices in line with the word of God. It's amazing, obedience brings blessing. That blessing is able to manifest in the experience of righteousness, peace, and joy. But it's amazing. I see these guys and they're influencers and I love them, but they, they get so angry. I was like, man, what you focus on expands. What you think about, you bring about. Like let's command and start at point number two is train. We got a state to train. What are we training our mind to focus on? I remember I used to have a trucker's mouth because I hung out with people and all they did was cuss. So I literally was just snapping a rubber band every time I said a bad word until eventually one day I was gonna go say a bad word and I caught it. I was like, whoa, yes. <laughs> Two weeks later, no joke, one of my best friends goes, oh, what, you don't cuss now? I didn't even know. I was like, why? And he goes, oh, I just noticed you haven't been cussing lately. I'm like, you have? Sweet. Were you judging me? Are we still gonna be friends? I'm like, bro, you're going to a dark place. <laughs> I said, I'm just trying to take control of my own thoughts because if I can't control my thoughts, I can't control me. It's amazing, people wanna like, let's take dominion. Let's take dominion. And they're like, uh, you gotta take dominion on the outside. It's related to your victory on the inside. You gotta be able to work on the internal you before you can see the fruit of the external you. So you gotta command your morning. So I just was listening, I don't care. I was like, okay, I need to reprogram my mind. I had done all this business training for years. I wanted to break poverty mentality. I know my parents had a trauma around money. I knew this, I knew that. So I went and Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I read this book that messed me up for years called Millionaire in the Pew. It still messes me up. I read it once a year. I can tell you it's amazing that Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is not even a Christian book, but I give it to people because they go off the rails especially Christians. Can't believe you gave me that book. It's not even biblical. Well, actually, he just ripped off the whole Bible. He just didn't give credit to it. But it's a book because it's gonna locate where your thermostat is. Paul speaks of spiritual warfare as casting down arguments. Another word for arguments is imaginations. 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Notice that most of the time your battle manifests as a wrestling match with your thoughts. You gotta understand, consider this, the more powerful, aggressive, strong, and difficult the idea you're wrestling with, the more likely it's not, you're not dealing with just a thought. Most Christians need to understand you're dealing with a thing. It's a spiritual attachment to a thought. Most Christians are oblivious to this. Thoughts are things. Paul admonished Timothy, listen to this. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, the teaching. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. 1 Timothy 4, 16. You gotta understand that if I was gonna paraphrase it, I'd say this. Take notice to what you agree with because what you agree with, you authorize your experience. There's power in agreement. If a doctor gives you a diagnosis, you better not come into agreement with it. You know, I'm with business guys all the time and I love them, but I'm not gonna change my filter because I'm with business people, not Christians. Just with this guy and he's like, huh, Steve's got two more days till he's getting married, you know, the ball and chain the rest of your life. And I said, bro, don't talk like that in front of me. Ball and chain, it's gonna be the greatest helpmate Steve ever had. Look where he's at now. He's a shell of a man. He's about to get a helpmate that's gonna change his life forever. You're sitting a ball and chain, well maybe that's what you have because you've prophesied it. But don't talk like that in front of me. My wife is the greatest gift God ever gave me. I'm successful because of my wife. We're gonna create a legacy together. I told Steve, I said, Steve, I don't care how successful he is, you might wanna find somebody else. Ball and chain mentality is gonna mess you up. Warren Buffett said, you wanna be a millionaire? Stay married. So listen, you gotta be careful what you come into agreement with. Let's look at your thoughts, consider that thoughts are things. And I bet there's a voice that comes with those thoughts. I bet there's a whole set of emotions and feelings and energy that moves through you when you think those thoughts. You gotta let you know that these are originating in your mind and your emotions, or it could be something the devil is amplifying. Have you taken inventory of your thoughts lately? So important, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It's John 8, 28, uh, 32. It's the truth that sets you free, right? Right, that's what the Bible says. Jesus said, notice this, it's not the anointing that sets you free. It's not the prayer, the prophetic word that sets you free. It's not even the angels that sets you free. Then what is it that sets you free? The truth sets you free. But if you don't know the word of God, do you know the truth? Or more specifically, the truth you know is what sets you free. Whether prayer or prophetic, listen, when prayer and prophecy confront a lie with truth, you have power. You have power. Angels play a great role in this area if you look at the, uh, the book of Daniel. There's intercession of Daniel involved in spiritual warfare. That breakthrough in the angel Gabriel came with the declaration. I came because of the word you spoke. What words are you speaking? We have to really take inventory. Consider this. If it's, not the truth you know, if it's the truth you know that sets you free, it must be the lie that holds you captive. What do you believe about yourself this morning? What lies have you come into agreement with? If it's the truth you know that liberates, it must be something you don't know that's holding you back. So what's holding you back? 
Perhaps this is why the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge in Hosea 4.6. Paul gives us important insight in 2 Corinthians 2.11 when he says that we are not ignorant of his, Satan's devices. I love that word devices. It denotes Satan's insidious plot to fill the human mind with confusion. There is no doubt that the mind is the arena where Satan feels the most comfortable. He knows that if he can access a person's mind and emotions, he will very very likely be able to ensnare that individual into a trap. One of the greatest books, Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, changed my wife. I'm gonna tell you something. My wife read that book in a week. I literally saw my wife change in one week. Fear crushed it. Her dad issues, her dad's an alcoholic, boom. She's like, I will overcome this. She was talking to me, I'm like, who are you? I better read that book immediately. Battlefield of the mind. I'm telling you, it was crazy. Listen, I believe this is very important to expose the number one purpose of the devil. To get into a person's mind and fill it with lying emotions, false perceptions, and confusion. This is the reason Paul urged us, casting down imaginations of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Listen, we gotta start taking this more serious. We gotta just start, when you say things, someone said to me recently, like, oh, Dr. Matt, you're killing me. I said, I hope not. (laughs) Oh, you're so funny, man, you're killing me. Quit saying it, bro. Your words have power. It's the creative force that spoke this world into existence. God said he could have snapped his finger. He could have blinked. He could have blew a kiss. He could have done anything. But it said, God said. Let there be light. And it was like, God said, God said, God said. And then what are we saying? Because we're created in his image. So listen, the devil targets your mind and emotions, your thoughts of life that involved, that contest with the real enemy. You must make a mental decision to take captive every thought he uses to penetrate your mind and emotions rather than let those thoughts ruminate and, and put down roots and then, and then all of a sudden they have little rooms in your brain and then by force they start bringing them into submission. You gotta go take an inventory. That's why I like listening to NF. You guys ever heard that rapper NF? His journey on his first album, Mansion, is about he's in a dark place, but he's saved, he got saved. And every song that he wrote was a journey of him walking out the voice in his head until he gets full victory by the second album. It was pretty crazy, but a lot of people that were walking out depression and darkness resonated with his music because even though it sounded a little dark, it was always attached to hope. Always attached like, I will not be this broken version of myself. Satan is the father of lies. He's referred to as the devil. That devil means backbiter, an accuser, a slanderer. How many times do we rob ourselves of answered prayers simply because we feel unworthy to have them answered? This is the work of the accuser. God's remedy is that we come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in the time of need. That's Hebrews 4.16. If you're feeling down boldly, go to the throne room. If you hear you're not worthy, don't waste God's time. You better have an alarm system. You run to the throne room. Like, listen, it's not like I wake up and like, Lord, give me a word for random people. (laughs) Then he does it and like, Lord, I'm gonna look like an idiot. 
Or am I gonna come into agreement with that because that's a lie in my head? And then I could sit here and I can justify, but God wants a prophetic word to be a public edification. So we heard it publicly, we can edify and make sure and come into agreement with that word for the Travises. Like, I love Rex Crane because he's so bold. He's the one that gives me courage. Like if God gives me a word, just deliver it. But the whole time the devil is screaming in my ear, you're gonna look like an idiot, blah, blah, blah. You gotta shove it to the devil. Be afraid and take a step anyways. Some of you, God gave a dream. I tell single people all the time, listen, God's giving you courage. Go ask her out. Don't be such a wuss. It will be here the rest of your life. Let me pray for you, man. We got to help that voice. Oh, she'll never say yes. That's your agreement with a lie. And then you'll be single and then blame God one day. But he's like, dude, I set her up in front of you. She sat next to you three weeks in a row. How much more help do you need? You were just coming to agreement, not with what I did for you, but with what the devil was trying to intimidate you. What are we going to do? We got to put in the work. Put in the work. How do you see a thing? How do you see a thing? Your words play a significant part in whooping the devil at his own game. As I land the plane here, I want to give you some stuff. Gabriel said that he appeared to Daniel on the 21st day of prayer. I have come because of your words, Daniel 10, 12. I have become because of your words. An angel came on his behalf because of what he spoke. Jesus taught this, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and not shall doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he said, Mark eleven twenty two. 22. What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your marriage? What are you saying about your kids? What are you saying about the climate? I mean, California is crazy. But man, I wake up every day and I said, Lord, give me the vision for California, the golden state. And I prophesy off my balcony. I get around people. I'm like, don't be talking about it. Mussolini's crazy. And you know what? But I'm going to get up here and prophesy. We're going to have the right governor, the right politicians, the right people in power, the right teachers, the right schools, the right churches will unify and come together. And I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. I don't want to just fold up because I'm afraid or because I get taxed more than everybody else. I'm not living in that economy. So I just have to wake up and prophesy and renew my mind every single day. Otherwise, I get locked up into fear. I heard this concept a couple years ago about sowing finances. In essence, the word said, what you sow today will plow a path into your future where you will meet it again. And I loved it. I held on to it. I wrote it down. I was thinking about that. That same law applies to prayer. See, you send your words into the future. That when, so when you show up, your prayers get there before you arrive. You got to know something. That's why we pray. That's why we pray over the book of miracles. Those names in there. Your name might not be in there right now, but you better pray like it is. Because some of my friends have been in that book, but they're still around today because we sent those prayers up. And by the time I arrived... They were healed. Let it mess up your theology. And the ancient, listen, you gotta understand this. 
There's reason why the devil tries to wear us out and wear us down with worry and confusion. An anxious person cannot spiritually command anything. That's why we have to bust it off. That's why men's prayer, we, we teach. The two biggest things that the devil uses, and then I'm gonna pray for us. I wanna do one thing and I'm gonna pray for us. Number one fear, am I enough? That's why you don't go for that business job. That's why you haven't sent out that letter. That's why you didn't ask that person out or say yes. Because deep down you're saying, am I enough? That's why a lot of people don't come to church. Religion's ruined them. Fear number two is, if they really knew me. Oh, I don't want to go to dinner with Pastor Matt if he really knew me. I deal with business guys all the time. Oh, it's, I'm like, hey man, let me see your books. Oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. They'll quit my program. I'm like, bro, I want to help you. Well, if you really knew it, you knew there is no help for me. Dude, that's a lie from the devil. See, what happens is for the person who doesn't really worry about rejection, the real fear is I'll be shown to be insufficient. I'll be pushed away from the opportunity. I'll be alienated from people who are important. Some people think if the truth gets out about them, they'll stop coming to church or they won't come back to the connect group or, oh, my marriage and I fight. That's why we didn't go to marriage getaway. We'd probably get in fright in front of everybody at dinner and then they'd be like, oh man, look who came to marriage getaway. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do because I want to pray over it. Right now on a piece of paper, I want you to make this practical. Practi I'm a practical kind of guy. I wanna live here, like I'm working on my spiritual muscle, my faith muscle, man. I got my house based of faith out of spiritual warfare, but I'm also very practical. I have to do the things. How do you renew your mind? Here's, can I teach you this? I need all of us not to hear a message. I need us to do something right here in the moment. So this is step one. I want you to write three circles and in those things, write the most three vexing things in your life right now, whether they're anxieties, problems, challenges, battles you're wrestling with in your mind in this season. What are the three thoughts that are persistently troubling you? I'm talking about the thoughts that are strong enough, insistent enough to preoccupy you, create anxiety, keep you up at night. Maybe even while you're doing other things, hanging out with your kids that are on your mind. What concerns you at night? If it's someone you care about, if it's a person. I mean, I write down more than three all the time. I got, my, my brain's always going. I, I bubble this stuff all the time. I'm teaching you my hack. Write them down right now. And even if you had to pick one, I wanna do this, because what sets you free? The truth. Focus, meaning, and physiology create your state. What you focus on expands, so what we focus on all the time. So if you're focused on fear all the time, anxiety, you're gonna get more of what you focus on. Unless you flip this on the devil's head. You ready to flip it? Here's how you do it. This is the battle of your mind. Your first business is to reframe the situation. You gotta reframe what you're looking at. The enemy loves to use our senses and our knowledge to amplify fear. When the Israelites heard Goliath, man, they feared for his life. He would come out and mock them. I'm a visual person. I have Pastor Jurgen, who's the funniest pastor in the world. He's the greatest. 
I could just see him doing it right now. What if Goliath got up there and said that with a nasty lisp? Would you take him serious? I'm not trying to say anything, but it just reframes like, oh, that would sound a little different. I don't want to get in trouble, but I have lots of other thoughts. If Goliath came out during Pride Month, it would just be a whole different. I literally, you got to mock the devil. How different would the story be in your mind? See, there's a powerful benefit to understanding what the enemy is saying. He's saying a lie. You're either going to believe it or you're not. The secret to doing this is greatly exaggerate the lie. You ready? This is a hack I need to teach you. The more toxic, obnoxious, and painful you could describe this negative thought that wakes you up at night, the more powerful and exaggerated the underlying lie becomes, and the more powerful this exercise will be for you. You exaggerate. Whatever that thing is, exaggerate it. Here's an example. When I became the pastor over Bressy Ranch, listen, we were just down at Balboa serving. We were service leaders. We were like living our best life. I had zero responsibility. I'd get up and we shake and bake. And then we go home. I didn't have to go pray for people. I ran men's prayer. I was like, yes. But then we got asked like, hey, God has a calling on your life. Are you sure, Pastor Yergin? It's like, you're gonna take over Bressy. Well, listen, none of the leaders there like the change. So I drive up there and all the way up there, the devil's like, all the leaders hate you. You'll never gain their respect. You're not a pastor. You're a business guy. I pull into the empty parking lot and he goes, look at no one's gonna come hear you preach. No one's gonna listen to you. There is seats empty like at the 8.30 this morning. The church was half full. You'll never fill it. Matter of fact, you're gonna burn it to the ground. So then I took those because I knew what I had to do. I started my own company years ago called My Mastery Cards. I'd reframe it because I want to be successful in business. So I did them for my business stuff, not knowing that God was setting me up back then with my My Mastery Cards for this moment. So I took those fears. I wrote it down, the empty seats. And then I flipped it and I did three new bubbles. And I wrote a declaration. I'm walking into my high calling. There will be a Bressy Ranch overflowing for the fire marshal will be called. I'll need more buildings. The, uh, God will send me the greatest generals that will going to be armor bearers. Blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Everything I wrote was the opposite of the lie. And then I would attach a scripture to it and declare the scripture. Within one year, Bressy was in overflow. Some of the greatest leaders and pastors and campus leaders have come out of that campus. The reason why we have San Marcos, the reason why we've expanded is because of the fruit. I said on one of my declarations, this campus, though it may be small, will have the greatest financial impact on the church. We had the most tithers coming out of the smallest campus. Let me tell you something. Flip every lie. Always write it. Every month, my wife and I go through. We write out some of the lies that we're working through. Then we redefine with what the word of God says. Who does God say that you are? I'm created in the image and the likeness of the almighty God. See, some people don't want to do, this is mental floss. And if you don't put the work in, the devil will work you. 
you can't get to heaven one day and blame God. He's like, I gave you every resource. I gave you my word. You didn't want to read it. I gave you a pastor that held a prayer meeting you never showed up for. I gave you an entrepreneurial pathfinders to go help hone your business and get around people that want to do bigger things for the kingdom. I gave you all the resources, yet you didn't want to because the devil's lies were too loud for you to take captive. Where are we at today? I want you to stand to your feet because I want to actively oppose what you wrote down. If you got some insecurities, let me tell you, we all do. One of the greatest books, he wasn't a Christian, but guess what? He was an incredible, intelligent man that used some great biblical principles. It's called Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon. Incredible author. It can help you get some self-esteem back so you don't get constantly reminded your identity checked by the devil that keeps knocking you down with insecurities. If it's anxiousness, one of the biggest things the devil does, he makes sure that you lose your voice. Men, if you don't know how to pray, come to men's prayer. The most insecure thing is, is showing up. You don't know anybody. Like, I could not even lead silent prayer when I came to this church, you know? It was that bad. And that was a joke, and I know it sucked, but I could tell by the look on your face. That's why I'm not a comedian. My friend Garrett is. But I will tell you that I would come to men's prayer, and I had to learn. God showed me a picture that the modern-day eunuch is castrated men that don't know how to pray because the devil's taken their authority, which is their tongue. If you come... Our number one goal is to get you to learn how to pray with boldness. It's a weapon. I'm all about Ephesians. Pull it on the full armor. But you don't need to play defense. Put on the full armor and then let us weaponize you. Your tongue is a weapon. The word of God is an arrow. As you weaponize, you take territory, you pray for your marriage, you pray for your family, you pray for your kids, you pray for your health, you pray for your bank account, you pray a hedge of protection. We tell you and teach you how to pray with authority. We weaponize you. Too many Christians are weak and broke because they walk around walking into a war with no weapons. You're here for a reason today. So if you lift those up, just I want you to hold on to us and maybe you can do this exercise throughout the day. Write those circles, exaggerate those fears, those lies, and then counteract them with a new declaration. And as you declare a thing and you see the fruit of that thing, you then go cross out the lie because it's no longer true. Every time, when I came in, it was packed. I remember opening up in front of my Bible, pulled out that three by five card, checked it off, big red pen through it. When we are number one with our giving over every campus, I drew a line through it. When we got our San Marcos building, because God showed me multiple campuses because the devil told me I'd never go anywhere, crossed it off. Greatest leaders that I've ever had the honor to stand next to, checked it off. Greatest relationships, told me I'd have no friends because of my stances, I was gonna take it awaken. No one was gonna be my friend anymore. I'd lose my practice, that all my members would leave because now that I'm a pastor, I shouldn't be a chiropractor, Cross that off. The devil's a liar, don't you forget it. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you today. I thank you for those that made it over the line and got to church. But God, I pray for those that wanted to get here today but couldn't find their way. I pray for them. God, I pray for those that are bound up in religion. The lie of religion, I break it. The lie that they're not enough to have a great relationship, I break it. The lie that their marriage will never be flourishing, I break it. The lie that their kids will never have a relationship, I break it. The lie that they'll never have 
free of anxiety or fear. I break it. The lie that they'll never be financially free and they'll live paycheck to paycheck until the day they lie. I break it. God, I thank you. Whatever lie has been a seed planted in their mind, whether it's a generational curse or one they've created and come into agreement with it, I break those agreements right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for victory. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your blueprint. The word of God is your blueprint for us to live a life like heaven on earth. Show us, reveal it, direct our steps. God, I thank you, Lord, that we can find some of the greatest relationships right here. We don't have to go look in the world. We don't have to go look at a bar. We can find the greatest treasures right here. God, I thank you right now for people stepping back into their calling, back into their purpose, boldly going after their assignment, what they're called to do. God, I thank you for today. And everybody said, last thing I want I to do with every head bowed and every eye closed, listen, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna tell you, Jesus died so you and I could spend eternity with him. I don't know what you've been taught about Jesus, but listen, he didn't come to this earth to start another religion. Jesus sent his only begotten son on a rescue mission to lay down his life for you and I. Good works don't get you into heaven. Being a good person doesn't get you into heaven. It's just saying yes to Jesus. He gives you grace and his grace is sufficient, meaning you can't earn your way. You didn't screw it up. The blood that he died on that cross, listen, it washes over every sin, every dark thought, everything that you have done and will do. Listen, he wants to set you up and then he's gonna get you a GPS towards righteousness. Righteousness. There's a right way of living, but we need Jesus to even have a hope to get there. I'm gonna tell you, the world isn't gonna get any better. It's only gonna get crazier. For those of you that don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you once did, and then you went back into the chaos of the world, and you're like, no, today, I wanna give my life back to Jesus. I want, I want his direction. I want him to direct me. Just raise your hand so I can pray for you. Listen, I'm not gonna come. Thank you, young lady. God bless you. Thank you. Once you raise it, you can put it down. Is there anybody else today? Is there anybody else? Hey, man, I do that altar call for one person, let alone all of us. Over here, there's another hand. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your hand right here. God bless you. Don't do life alone. Don't do it alone. Jesus died so we could have salvation. Then he sent the Holy Spirit so we could walk in authority and power. For those of you that raised your hand, listen, can we do a thing? Can we? It's not about raising your hand that gets you into a relationship. It's just saying this prayer. Can we say it together? Super easy prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. Today, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Lord, renew my mind, heal my heart, and let the rest of my life be the best of my life. So show me the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen. We have a Bible and a book and maybe they didn't see your hand or on the way out, let us give you a Bible and a book called Following Jesus. My, my good friend Samuel Duth wrote it and uh, it's like, what's next steps? Like what's baptism about? What's, what's the Holy Spirit about? Hey, where do I start? 
My thing is, hey, just come back. We got Wednesday night services. I know you, you got, what the heck is going on? You guys are doing parties on Wednesday night? I am such weak sauce in San Diego. I'm throwing a party because you guys are throwing a party. But just come back. If you're new, just come back and meet some people. If you're a man, show up to men's prayer. We want to help equip you. I know, ladies, you're on Thursday, but someone else will talk about that. I just talk about the man. You guys have an incredible thing. I want to let you know that I've been at this church since 18 years. When I started, I was a mess on legs. We are in a boys and girls club. It was set up, tear down. Pastor, you're going to preach. We're going to be four campuses, one church, four locations. And it was Australian, which I can't even obviously do that impression. But I was going to tell you, I was thinking to myself, this guy's crazy. Now we have the most thriving church in San Diego. I don't want to let you know the same vision for here. It's not going to be set up, tear down. I want this to be a school. I want to see a sick building built right out here. I want to see, I want to see locations, four of a minimum surrounding, surround the city. Put your hands up. Jesus is here. Well, I meant, you know, good job though. That was good leadership. I want to tell you, this is the vision for what's happening here. I need to let you know this isn't just about let's go to that Awaken Event Center. You're, no, no, no. Epic. Life-giving, transformational houses that you can come and bring your friends and celebrate. I want you to know that. I want an Awaken Academy here for your kids. I don't want your kids brainwashed. Greatest thing I know is my kids are getting a different programming. I want a Park City one so I could come down off the slopes and just go right into a pew and be like... And then right afterwards, a little chair takes me right back up. I'll be like, yeah. I mean, that's my vision for what's going down up here. Some of you aren't as excited about that, but you'll see. Let me bless you guys today. Come on, it's radical. Heavenly Father, bless them today. Let them be fruitful and multiply. Thank you for this house. Thank you for the people that you're bringing here. May they be just spiritually awakened on the inside, full of joy and peace and righteousness, like your word says. And everybody says, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.